We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Monday on the program here. Max Power producing for us today. Fill it in for Jad. We are in the madness. We have brackets. We'll get to it all. Uh, all kinds of stuff to talk about with the NCAA tournament. We know where teams are headed. We know KU. We know K-State. There's a lot to get to with that, but not uh, the thing that we're going to lead with today because Wichita State makes its coaching decision with the men's basketball program parting ways with Isaac Brown about as quickly as they could. Uh, uh, what what was it, Tommy? A day after the season completed? Um, and they're moving forward with somebody else, Kevin Saul, uh, backing up some initial reports there and makes the announcement that way. And the Isaac Brown era at Wichita State is in the books now, Tommy. Welcome in, everybody. 869-1240. It's a good day to call into the show, Shocker fans. We want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think of that? We know a lot of people think it was necessary. We know some people had come around to another another year, but the reality is it's done now. And, Tommy, this is a big decision, the biggest one that Kevin Saul has had to make in his young Shocker career, and it's one he's got to get right. Yeah, without a doubt he does. And you know what? I'll be honest. I'm a little disappointed I understand why. I, let me be very clear. I get why this decision was made and the way that it was made. You know, I've been pretty vocal about my thoughts that I thought Isaac Brown had done enough to get one more year. Uh, and But it wasn't a slam dunk, right? It wasn't a an easy decision to make. I just kind of thought the totality of the entire situation with the buyout and the conference and the way that they had improved over the last month or two 
warranted maybe one more year of Isaac Brown, but it, but it certainly wasn't an easy putt by any means. And so I understand why I get it. It's done now. Uh, I wish Isaac Brown all the best. And now we turn our attention to what's next for the Shockers. Yeah, and, and what is next, right? And that, that becomes the question. It, it's a two-part thing here. The decision to move on from Isaac Brown and what do you do now? And and that, I think, is where we'll spend a lot of time today, honestly. We have a few days uh, here to talk about um, the NCAA tournament and everything else. But we're going to get to some calls, so callers, stick with us here, 869-1240. We'll give you our thoughts on everything first. I haven't chimed in a lot on social media because there's been a lot to digest, a lot to think about. Don't want to, you know, just have immediate hot takes on this situation or who they should hire or who they should not hire. It's been sort of, you know, a process to take it in. My gut tells me that something, there is a plan. I'll say it that way. I, I just don't know why you move so quickly unless you have an idea of what you want to do. Now, does that mean they already have the next candidate teed up? I, I mean, I don't know that because there's teams still playing. And and I would, I would imagine that there are candidates that are still coaching teams right now, I would hope. I think you have to have a couple of things for this to happen if you're Kevin Saul. One, you've got to have the commitment from people to deal with the buyout situation. Um, and I think you also have to have this, the commitment from the same sorts of people that you're going to be able to go pay the next person. Liz, I could be wrong. Maybe there is a coach coming that is not a big name yet and an up-and-comer and, you know, whatever that, that nobody's heard of that's just, you know, a, a name that, that Kevin Saul feels like could grow the program. Maybe that's the case. But that doesn't quite seem like it to me without doing exit interviews and all of these things, unless, they, again, unless the, the goal and the, and the idea is, and we'll try to track down Kevin Saul. We, we're, we're actively working on that. Unless the idea is we already have a plan in place as, as to what we're going to do next. That would be my gut reaction. I thought Isaac Brown did enough to warrant another year, but I thought there's absolutely a case to be made that he did not. Made the NCAA tournament in the first year, and then since has, you know, gone in two years, four games over 500 with no postseason play. I thought that this year was better than I thought it would be as far as the product on the court. The wins and losses weren't necessarily, Tommy, better than I thought they would be. The team was better than I thought it would be. They lost too many games that they shouldn't have lost. But, the you know, the, the quality of player was higher than I thought it would be. And I thought that that was, you know, a look into Isaac Brown as a recruiter in the transfer portal. He identified and brought in some talented guys. But is it enough? Was this enough? No, sure it wasn't enough. And that's, I guess, the decision that you have to make. Do you believe things are trending upward? Do you believe they're flatlined? Do you believe they're headed down? If it's either flatlined or headed down, I think a change is absolutely warranted. And clearly, that's the way that they approach this. So the quick decision, Tommy... Any insight there? I mean, are you are you with me on that? Are you do you think it was just that that decision was that you know final and ready to be made? I don't know. It feels to me like something. You know, there there's definitely a plan here of some sort or some names that would give you the confidence to do that. Well, I think that you can look back at 
kind of the way that this entire season has played out. And, and I said when Kevin Saul was first hired by the university that the two coaches that needed to have really good seasons were Eric Wedge and Isaac Brown. I mean, you know, baseball and basketball historically have been the banner carriers for the university for a long time. And both programs have fallen off to an extent and both coaches uh, were not hired by Kevin Saul. And so I, I think that, and, and the fact that we've had, you know, Kevin on the program multiple times where he's reiterated, you know, the evaluation process takes the entire season. I think, you know, when you look back at it, uh, you know, in hindsight and the way that the entire season has played out, I, I don't know if Kevin Saul had Isaac Brown's fate sealed early on or not. I don't know. Uh, and we will probably never know that. But I do think that there clearly has been a plan put in place uh, and at least is starting to go into motion from Kevin Saul because you don't make that big and that quick of a, of a, ch of a change of a decision without having something already brewing. I said that on social media over the weekend that as far as I'm concerned, you don't have that quick of a trigger if you don't already have something lined up. You don't pay a $4 million buyout when you're already paying buyouts from Greg Marshall and Eric Wedge and Darren Boatwright if you don't already have something else in the hopper that you're working on. I don't know what that is, and we can speculate. It would all it'd be conjecture at this point, uh, but and we can certainly do that. But I just know that you don't you don't make that huge of a decision that quickly. I mean, 24 hours after they were less than 24 hours after they were eliminated from postseason play, unless you have something else brewing and something else you're working on. So, you know, I, I don't know. And, and going back to your point about the results on the court. Yeah. I mean, like, look, even though I was vocal about feeling like uh, that Isaac Brown deserved one more year. I certainly didn't think that the results on the court were acceptable. You know, they missed postseason right. play for the second year in a row, right? You know, I, I certainly didn't think that, but I just thought the totality of the situation, you know, basically would lead me to believe that maybe he deserved one more year. But ultimately, that's not the decision that Kevin Saul made. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. We're gonna we're gonna slowly and and make our way through this thing. Jason up first today on Sports Daily. It's really everybody's first time to react to this. Jason, you've got the first word from the callers in. What's on your mind? So, number one, I'm surprised because, you know, you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and I really thought they were going to give him another chance. But do you really blame Isaac Brown or, you know, is it the players? I mean, Isaac Brown can't control turnovers. That's on the players. But another thing is where do you go get the, you know, like the next – Fred Van Vliet, the Kale Cottons, like we've had in the past, to get, you know, to make a stand in the uh, March Madness. I don't know. And this NIL portal, you know, screwing everything up. I, I don't like it. Uh, Jason, a lot, lot there. We'll take them one at a time. Um, you know, I, you can't blame Isaac Brown for turning the basketball over, no, but the coaches are always going to take the blame for that, right? The coaches are always going to take the blame for the product on the court. Um, I, that's – you know, if, if the guys weren't weren't getting it, then I don't know what else you do. Um, I thought that, you know, the players coming in from the portal in the NIL, I thought the players coming in from the portal were, were fine. I thought that was a talented group. And as far as talent on the floor, close to, if not the third most talented team, you know, the way they were playing late in the year that we saw. So 
you know, they certainly didn't win enough games to show that, but our eyes told us that or something close to it, right? Maybe Tulane was there with their really uh, gifted group. Cincinnati's Cincinnati could have been again. I, I I will admit I didn't see a lot of Cincinnati this year. They probably were ahead of Wichita. So maybe it's fourth most time. I don't know, but I mean it is what it is. I I think that he did a good job with this group this year. They clearly were better late in the year than they were early in the year. And honestly, if they don't lose a couple of those close games and give those leads away, he's probably got a job. And that's hard, right? Like because that's. That's a that's a short-term evaluation, right, as much as it is a long-term evaluation. But the last two years haven't been good enough, and that's the reality of it. And, you know, whether that's the reason people haven't sold out Coke Arena or not, I don't know the answer to that because there's a lot of attendance being down in college basketball. I don't agree with you, Jason, that the portal and NIL is ruining recruiting. I think it's helping schools win. I think there's more variety in college basketball now than there ever has been. K-State's, of course, the shining example of that. I think that they went and they found talented players in the portal. And I think if NIL was in a better situation last year, they wouldn't have lost some of the players they lost. And the talent's been there. Look at what Ricky Council's doing this year. Jamarius Burton. Now, you know, Ricky Council's the Isaac Brown example, certainly. But, the, the, you know, the, the players will come if the right coach is here. And, and Isaac Brown was bringing in good players. They didn't gel at the right time this year. But that was a talented group out there. So one more question I got for you real quick, and then I'll let you guys go. Rumor has it that Mark Turgeon is in the mix. Do you, can you uh, clarify that? Well, I mean, it, I can clarify that it's a rumor. Uh, okay. I mean, we don't. We don't know. I, I have not talked okay. to Kevin Saul yet about any potential candidates. Uh, I have not okay. personally. Uh, thank you, Jason, for the call. I don't know. We'll get into in our next segment, Tommy, what to do moving forward, um, so we can get into that then. But as we, you know, sort of continue with the Isaac Brown portion of this, um, Tommy Isaac Brown won fifty-eight percent of his games. He produced a conference player of the year. He won the league. They made the NCAA tournament one time. Now, I think the ultimate question in all of this becomes, right, is that good enough? Is 58% of your games good enough? Is one tournament in three years good enough? Is, you know, a first, seventh, and sixth place finish in the league good enough? I think clearly the answer for Kevin Saul is no. And... And that's fine. That just adds to the pressure, though. If that's the standard we're going to set, it's a high benchmark to reach. And, of course, that challenge would be, you know, met with open arms by Kevin Saul. And, and, and he has every, you know, intent to exceed it. For fans, though, I mean, is that good enough? I, I, I don't think it is. I, I mean, I think we agree. I, I don't think it is. I don't think that's good enough. No. But, you know, 16-6 and six and winning the league in his first season, uh, that is good enough. For sure, making the NCAA well, sure. tournament, that is good enough. But 32 and 28 combined in his final two seasons and missing the postseason in both of those years, no, that's not good enough by the standards that Wichita State has set for men's basketball. And, and so I understand that. Again, I thought that the totality of the situation warranted one more year for Isaac Brown, especially knowing the amount of money that's being paid out to all these other people. And if you waited one more season, and it still didn't work with Isaac Brown, then you wouldn't have to pay that $4 million buyout. So I thought, all things considered, that maybe one more year would be the way to go. And I thought that he had done enough, and the team had done enough down the stretch to maybe get one more season. 
Um, but I absolutely understand that 32 and 28 and missing the postseason in the last two seasons is not good enough. The results that that is not good enough for Wichita State basketball. And with the way that the expectations of the fan base are with the way that, you know, we saw attendance dwindling at Coke Arena over the last season plus or two seasons, really, uh, that's not good enough. I would imagine that there is there are some money issues as far as the amount of revenue that's being brought in from men's basketball with the lack of, you know, a postseason and a lack of the the great results that we're accustomed to over the years. So, no, I mean, certainly I don't think that by any means what has happened over the last two seasons for Wichita State basketball is acceptable. Uh, and that's what has made this thing so tricky, right? Because you and I have, have talked for multiple uh, on multiple occasions about the the results on the court, but then all of the other things that play into it, the finances, the transfer portal, the lack of NIL, which, by the way, is not Isaac Brown's fault. He inherited a bad NIL situation at Wichita State that is, by all accounts, better than it, than it was when he first took over. Uh, and so there are a lot of things that were out of his control. That's what made this decision so difficult. And honestly, it's made it really hard to try to predict exactly what Kevin Saul is going to do. I mean, Kevin Saul is very tight-lipped for good reason, and you and I have speculated for a long time about what we thought was going to happen, and honestly, you and I were both wrong. We were both wrong about what ultimately yeah. happened uh, because it's been so difficult to predict. It has been, and, and, the, and the financial piece of it, Tommy, is what made it so unpredictable. Um, if that piece didn't exist— Probably I would have leaned to this decision, but that piece did exist. And again, the the um, how how quick this change was made tells me that you know the financial backing to make it is in place, and that's important to note. Not not as it pertains to this situation, but as it pertains to the future. If you know if Kevin Saul has the financial backing to make a move like this. And a move like he made with Eric Wedge that tells you that probably some very important people to the athletic program are behind whatever it is he has in store. And we've seen facilities, you know, upgrades announced at, you know, softball. So if the financial situation is in a good place, Tommy, then the sky is the limit. You know, we didn't we have never understood and known that piece. Nobody's going to come out and outright tell you that. Right. And we'll find out with who they hire as the next coach and how much they pay them if that is the case. And if it's not the case and they're making this kind of move and, you know, they're going to just bring in a, a coach and, and hope that they can continue to climb the coaching ladder, you know, that's a fine move to make, but you better get it right. And, and no matter what the move is, you better get it right. Before we talk about the future and the rumors and everything we're hearing, let's talk about Isaac Brown for a minute. Isaac Brown is as likable a guy as you'll ever see at that position. Nose to the grindstone, basketball coach. Um, I appreciate very much his time at Wichita State. And not just from he's pleasant and, and you know, those kinds of things and not a jerk because he's not. He's, he's very, again, high-character guy because he inherited an S-storm, Tommy, and I think that he, if nothing else for Shocker fans, who I do think 
genuinely are fond of Isaac Brown. But I think if nothing else, he stabilized things in what could have been an absolutely disastrous time for Wichita State basketball. It was a mess. Things were not good because of the situation surrounding Greg Marshall's departure. And there was so much room for this thing to go real sideways real fast. And it did not do that. Regardless of if you think it was winning enough, the program certainly could have lost more. I mean, it would it, would, it could have been, you know, we could be having a totally different conversation. And I hope that, and I think that, Isaac Brown deserves a ton of credit for keeping things in order and stable for the amount of time that he did because that's going if, if things go really well with the next hire, what Isaac Brown did the last three years to keep things stable to get to this point are critically important to that, right? That was never going to happen immediately after Greg Marshall. They were never going to immediately, you know, find what they needed to find in that chaos. And so now they're in a position where they feel like they can do that, and I don't think they would be if it wasn't for Isaac Brown. And I don't care what anybody else has to say about the actual hire when they made it, when that decision was made to bring in Isaac Brown, because he was exactly what Wichita State needed at that time. And just the way that like he, he carries himself and the calm demeanor, uh, you know, he quieted the waters when they needed it the most during that time. I mean, the national attention that was negative surrounding Greg Marshall and surrounding the program and all the drama, the chaos, all of that, you know, you covered it during that time. It was insane during that period. And Isaac Brown, his, his quiet, calm, cool demeanor, really, it, it stabilized everything and kept Wichita State in a position to where that is still a very attractive position now. And so it very well, and I think Shocker fans would be wise to understand this, it very well could not be an attractive position right now if things had gone very, very, very much downhill after the Greg Marshall debacle. So, you know, I do think that Isaac Brown does deserve some credit. The results on the court, yeah, not acceptable, weren't there, not up to the standards that Shocker basketball expects. But it could have been significantly worse had it not been for Isaac Brown coming in and stabilizing everything. And now I think that you look at, I mean, think, and we're going to talk about it in the next segment, but think of the names that are rumored for this job. Had it been a complete and utter disaster when he got that job, or if he didn't get that job, there might not be those candidates that would potentially be interested in this position. Yeah. And, and money will talk at the end of the day with Wichita state and Wichita state's going to be in a position in a watered down American uh, despite what despite what the conference commissioner might have to say, the, the conference is not going to be as good next year, not even close. And that's an opportunity for somebody to come in and get back to the NCAA tournament immediately. Um, it, it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see this coach. Let's talk about that next. 869-1240 is the number to call. Um, we are talking to Isaac Brown here out of the gates. We will get into the NCAA tournament uh, later in this program and certainly a ton throughout the week here as K-State gets, uh, KU gets ready to play on Thursday, K-State on Friday to open the NCAA tournaments. So we're rolling right along on a Sports Daily. A, you want to say a reaction Monday. We got reactions. We want to hear yours to the Isaac Brown news at Wichita State. 869-1240 Sports Daily coming right back.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. J. Bob Rock, Tommy Castor reacting to the Isaac Brown news at Wichita State. No longer the head coach. Kevin Saul makes the call, and they are moving forward with the next guy. Um, this is our first chance to react to this. The news coming down uh, on Saturday, right on the middle of state championship basketball and conference championships in the Big 12. Good timing by Kevin Saul. Uh, if he's trying to deflect any attention, I don't. I don't think that's the case. By the way, um, it was just funny as we're sitting there and I'm, I'm, you know, at Coke Arena shooting a six A championship game, and we've got, you know, crews in Kansas City and Emporia and all these places, and it's just like, oh man, we don't even have time to react to this. <laughs> like, holy crap! And it came right before the newscast. Uh, it, it's been it's been a little crazy this weekend, and then of course that's on the eve of Selection Sunday, but. You know, one thing is certain that there was no, you know, the decision had been made probably for a while uh, because it happened immediately before, uh, we, at least we think before exit interviews had happened. And it'll be interesting to see the impact, Tommy, that it has on the roster and the potential players that might leave, come back, whatever. Uh, will Wichita State try to block anybody that wants to leave? Like, there's a lot of questions. And I think for some of the players, I think Taylor Eldridge is reporting uh, recently here that some of the players are willing to wait it out. Some of the players probably are going to go ahead and go. So we'll have to see how that all shakes out. A fresh start and a clean break was always in the, you know, in the cards if Wichita State was going to move on from Isaac Brown. So now that we know that's happening, uh, caller in the last segment, by the way, 869-1240, brought up Mark Turgeon. He's the name most rumored right now. We've talked about him, Tommy. Uh, a while back when his name first store, sort of got r- rumored around this. But we've, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of names rumored around this. And, you know, there was initial reporting that Chris Jans might be interested, which kind of made us all tilt our head a little. Like, really, he's going to leave Mississippi State now at this point? Like, you kind of missed the chance on Chris Jans. Steve Forbes is at Wake Forest. Those guys really going to leave those schools to come back to Wichita State. As much as I know they loved it here and the, and the fans here obviously loved them, that would be that would be pretty stunning to me. And then Jeff Goodman came back and reported after he initially reported that Jans might be interested to say neither one of those guys will have interest. So, you know, those those are of course the two names that would jump out at everybody for former shockers. And then as we go to former shockers, Mark Turgeon's name gets mentioned a lot. 
So let's start with Turgeon because he's the most rumored name. I don't, I don't know what I think still about that being the answer here. I wouldn't be opposed to it totally, but I don't know that I'd be the biggest cheerleader for it either. I don't know why Turgeon in Maryland didn't work. I don't know why, you know, well, I do know why he left Wichita State in the first place because they weren't paying coaches like they're paying them now then. That part made sense to me. But, you know, where is he in relation to the modern recruiting and NIL world? He's had some good classes at Maryland. Why didn't that work? And is that the kind of hire that are you looking for like stability now or are you looking for long term? This is the move we make that, that that's, I guess, what I don't really know. Um, and so I don't know what I think completely about. I, I would ha I, I really have to think about it. And and if that's a decision that's made in, in Wichita State goes in that direction, I'm immediately going to need to see some big time recruits or transfers coming in like at that case. It's not a it's not a rebuild. Like you're not, I don't think you're rebuilding or doing anything like that with Mark Turgeon. You, if you make that hire, expect to and think that you can win immediately. I'm going to go back to what I said in the very first segment, that you don't make this change as quickly as you do away from Isaac Brown unless you have something big brewing. And honestly, I think that this is – that's something big. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think that that would qualify as something big. You don't pay out a $4 million buyout to Isaac Brown unless you have something big brewing. And it's not going to be Chris Jans. It's not going to be Steve Forbes. Um, it's not going to be Chris Beard. I've heard people suggesting him. I mean, he's zeroing in on Ole Miss as being the new head coach there. Not going to be him. Uh, I don't think that you make this kind of move if you're Kevin Saul to go and bring in somebody that is an up-and-comer. I don't think you go and try to make this move to bring in somebody that doesn't have previous head coaching experience. I think that you try to go and find somebody that is a big name, a flashy name, a, a, a name that's recognizable. And I don't know if there's another name out there available right now with the ties to Wichita State and allegedly is interested in the job quite like Mark Turgeon. I think that that would be the big hire that uh, would warrant making this change away from Isaac Brown. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like what, what is the big, hire? I, I, I'm really on the fence with if, if it's a big open national search, which is of course the language used, or if something's already in the works, I, I, I can see both things happening. Something I just has got to be in the works. I mean, come on. It like, has. What you can't roll the dice on that to have a, a wide open national search. Which you would, only. I just can, don't think you can do that. You only can if you have the backing uh, financially to do it, and and if you have the backing financially to do it, then you can do that. Right? It's risky, obviously, but you can do it because if you've got the right people telling you. And committing to, we will give you the tools to go do an extensive search that you need to do and bring in the person that you need to bring in. Absolutely, that could be the case. It just, the timing of it to me was a little bit, it, is what makes me think that something is, you know, out there and available and whatever. I, I just don't, you know, it's, um, 
And you want to tell me, by the way, that – and I'm not saying that you're saying this, but just in general, like that you make a move away from Isaac Brown, you pay him a $4 million buyout to go ultimately hire the coach from Oral Roberts or to go hire I, I know. Sampson's kid from Houston. Like, well, I now that would be one. That, that would just, actually be a big name. I don't see name. that one either. I don't really see that either. You're going to move away from one coach that doesn't ha- that n- didn't have head coaching experience before he took the right. job to hire another one that didn't have head coaching experience. I, I know, just but don't what do see we want? Those two things lining like, up. <laughs> that's and, and listen to me here. Like, yeah, I want some head coaching experience, and I don't <laughs> care. I, look, I don't care if they have head coaching experience. Quite frankly, I, that didn't bother me about Isaac Brown. Didn't bother me about Jerome Tang. Doesn't bother me about Kellen Sampson. I know some people want head coaching experience and, and held that against Isaac Brown. But I think, again, there are plenty of situations in college basketball that come up where guys have success without head coaching experience. It happens all the time. Tommy Lloyd didn't have head coaching experience before he went to Arizona. And I'm not comparing Tommy Lloyd to Isaac Brown. I'm just saying you don't always have to be a head coach to be a head coach, right? And, and I'm more concerned about the players, the quality of players you can bring in. And I think Kellen Sampson would be a big hit if you can do it, the risk with Kellen Sampson is his dad, Kelvin, at some point will retire from Houston. And are you looking at a short term coach there? Which, look, if that's the direction that you go, then OK, like here, here, I mean, I'm going to give you a, a, a absolutely made up. There's nothing to this. So please don't you know take anything from it other than just we're we're talking about potential like ideas and things like, I, you know, it's if you bring in Kellen Sampson and then go add some incredible young up-and-coming assistants and pay those guys and, um, you know, all of these things, okay? Like, let's let's say you go hire Luke Barnwell, right? You finally get Luke Barnwell to make the jump, and you make him an assistant, and we know the success he's had at Sunrise and the connections to players he had, and you put him under Kellen Sampson, and you, you now all of a sudden you've got all these great players. We've well, got a backup plan at that point. Right. If Kellen Sampson leaves. So there are ways to do that. And also, you know, you don't have to live in fear either. Maybe go get Kellen Sampson because you can get him to come here and stay here. They got Greg Marshall to stay here at the time. They made Greg Marshall a top five paid coach in this country, not just in the Missouri Valley Conference, but in any conference. Right. And maybe you just have the backing that you think, you know what, we're going to get somebody here. They're going to love it and we're going to be able to keep them because we can pay them. Okay, I, I don't have any problem with that. Adrian Griffin's going to be another name that gets brought up a lot. Former Shocker, right? Connections. He never coached in college basketball. Who You wouldn't be excited about that, at least to some degree? Of course you would. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know the path. I think that what will be interesting, Tommy, is like the, the three names we just rattled off the top of our head. Turgeon, Sampson, Griffin. Those are big splash hires. Those are, you know, those are big name hires, right? The, the question is, does it go down that road, right? Or does it go down, go find the, you know, at a lower level, one of the top guys at a lower level and elevate that guy? What I want to know right now is how much more attractive do you think assistant coaches at successful programs that have been successful in the last handful of years through the transfer portal and NIL become? Because I think, and that would be the Jerome Tang path, right? I think that and, and look at Rodney Terry at Texas, by the way. I think that there is something to that too. Like, could there be an assistant out there for a big time program that has waited a long time 
But now in this modern world of if you've got the connections to the recruits, you can come in and make an immediate impact. You've waited a long time for your shot at this. And I guess Kellen Sampson fits this to some degree now, too. But that's also a path, I think, that's being overlooked. Maybe it doesn't have to be at a head coach at a lower level. Maybe it's a high-level assistant somewhere. I don't think that's the path that Wichita State's going to go down. I'm just I'm kind of trying to follow the breadcrumbs here. And, again, we go back to the timing of it. We go back to the, uh, the how, how quickly this decision was made. And there are things that indicate to me, and I, I'm firm on this, I'm not moving off it, that you don't make this decision as quickly as you do and pull that trigger as quickly as you do if you don't already have something brewing. And so we can talk all day about top-level assistants. We can talk all day about, you know, some up-and-comers and, and whatever. Um, but, man, like, I think that you the, – the fact that this decision was made so fast leads me to believe that there is a big name brewing and that there is somebody that Kevin Saul has – and I don't know how deep the negotiations are. I don't know how much conversations have happened already. But, man, I think that that's going to be the way to really um, get the fan base re-energized. Because, I mean, keep in mind, we've talked about all season long about the dwindling attendance and how apathy is setting in and, like, different things like that. And I've heard names like the guy from Oral Roberts. And I've heard the guy from Drake and the guy from – uh, College of Charleston, like I've heard these different names, Taylor Eldridge is reporting on them. I'm not sure that those names would really energize the fan base and get that apathy out of the way and get them re-excited and season tickets only being thing, bought and that sort of thing. The only uh, – sorry, great, yeah, good call, Tommy. Griffin was not a he – was, he was, he's from Wichita. He's not a former Shocker. Um, but he's a guy that Shocker fans know well. And, and I – you know, it's – I, the fans fan base can get re-energized when big time players come in and they win games, right? Like that I, I don't know that I don't know that the fan base is not energized now. I don't think there's as much of a direct correlation as and, and I've always said that apathy is your greatest enemy, right? I'm not sure that the shocker fan base is apathetic right now. Whether they're gonna spend their money and come to games on a weeknight at six o'clock for a team that isn't playing for a postseason, but that I think that's two very, very different things, right? K State fans. How many season fans, tickets are sold right away if Mark Turgeon is the new coach at Wichita State? I think that you see an immediate I don't uptick. Know. But that's I not the reason to hire uptick. a coach because no, you can sell not. season tickets in one no, year and they not be good and you've lost them again. That's certainly a byproduct of it, right? Like that's certainly an added benefit of it. That's not the number one priority. But but look, I, I think Kevin Saul. Uh, rightfully has gone through this entire season and looked at a half full Charles Coke arena and looked at the fact that, you know, attendance is down and, and I'm guessing ticket revenue, I mean, ticket revenue has to be down and I'm, I'm sorry, but a lot of these potential interested candidates, they don't move the needle in that regard. And you're right. Big time players and winning games in the American, that's going to get people energized. I, I don't, I'm not saying that it won't, but I'm saying right away, if you want to get people back and interested at, in Wichita State Athletics, the dude from Drake isn't going to get it done. He's just, he's not, and nothing against him. He's a good coach. I like Darian De DeVries. I like him. I like what he's done at Drake. 
he's not going to move the needle as far as selling season tickets and as far as getting butts in the seats right away, regardless of who they go out and get in the transfer portal and what players stick around and all of that. I think that right now the most immediate thing that you think about is how do you get the fan base reconnected to the program? And you know what? I'm going to flat out tell you right now, I'm not sure if there's another name out there that would get people more reconnected to the program than the guy that rebuilt the program 20 years ago in Mark Turgeon. I'm not sure that there's another name out there that can do that quite like Mark Turgeon. I I don't I, again, I have to defer to that a little bit. I don't know that that's the, still the case. I'm, I'm not seeing that universally, but I, I wasn't here. So it's that's a really hard one for me. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. You could go hire Rick Patino, and if he doesn't win any games, people are going to not come to the games. You're you right, could hire how excited would the fan base be right for away? For 20 minutes. But for 20 More minutes, if you can't win, you have to win. Like, sure. I don't care. It doesn't if you're if you're making this move, you're making it to win like immediately. Yeah. That's it. And so and I think I don't, you it can accomplish both things at the same time. You can win the press conference, you can get the fans re-energized, and you can then go out and win basketball games. And I think that you've got to try to accomplish both. You can't just say, but well, this can... is gonna be a guy that's gonna win, but nobody gives a damn about who he is. I think you've Jerome got to try Tang... to accomplish both. Jerome Tang did just accomplish both. Nobody was excited until he came in on the press conferences and started, you know, getting people energized that way. And they happened to win a bunch of games. Charlie wants to weigh in on the Wichita State situation here. Charlie, what's on your mind? Well, I was a little surprised that uh, they didn't wait a while. Um, I thought there was usually some player evaluations uh, to find out who's going to want to come back and who's not. I thought they might have jumped the gun a bit. I was also thinking I, I got to see a lot of home games this year and most of the games on TV when they were away. And I really kind of felt like, uh, you know, the Missouri game early on was an overtime game and some of the other ones, but I really kind of felt like there were some injuries. And the main one I was thinking many times and the people I watched with that we kind of agreed on this, that uh, Quincy Ballard, the, the big guy in the middle, really could have made a difference in some of these very close games. I think could have tipped that, uh, that loss to a win a few times and like we've been talking about the one loss and I, I kind of feel like I wish they'd have waited to find out how many of these players were willing to come back with uh, Isaac Brown <clears throat> excuse me, before they uh, jump and try to get somebody else I mean I, I kind of wonder now uh, you said earlier that like some of said they'll wait it out some won't and I kind of got to I got to wonder what they had in mind did they have somebody in mind I mean you know the rumors are rumors and that's all we can say about it but it kind of felt like maybe we could have waited just a little bit longer to see how the current team thought his coaching, you know, how he was as a coach. I, I saw individual players get better, and I saw the team get better. And I, I don't know how many wins it's going to take, and I, I, you know. But when you start blaming the attendance on strictly on wins and losses, uh, it's kind of iffy, and like you say, you've mentioned NIL and uh, various other things, the portal and all that. It's going to take some adjusting, but I, I just hope they get somebody that can uh, win again. Of course, we all want that. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, look, I, I think that the fan base can get re-energized, but in order for the fan base to stay energized, the Shockers have to be – almost yearly NCAA tournament team. And we know that that's possible. And 
and I've said it once, I've, I'll say it till my face turns blue. Wichita State is in a position to be an NCAA tournament team every year. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever that Wichita State should not be right on par with what Memphis is currently. There is no football team here. They should be able to bring in players and get them compensated. And we know that there is a, you know, a donor base that's willing to pay a coach. There's no reason Wichita State should not be in the tournament just about every single year. That's the reality. That needs to be the benchmark. Not not just some outlier, oh, great, we had a good year. No, that needs to be the expectation every single year. And I think it can be. That's going to re-energize the fan base. I, you know, you can bring in somebody that gets them energized for five minutes, and if they go 500 again, they're, guess what? You're, you're, you've accomplished nothing. So – that you know that part of it Isaac Brown was never a you know a hoorah fan base kind of coach but the reality is if they were going to keep winning games the fans would have been there for him it just and and both of those things can coexist obviously but the winning part is far more important yeah and look to Charlie's point also i think that that solidifies that whole thought that there's clearly something brewing here because if you don't wait to interview the players and evaluate if they're coming back or not, then you really are taking a, a substantial risk by making a decision so quickly. Who knows what the players are going to do now? And then you open it up to a nationwide search? No, I don't think that that's the case at all. I think that there is something happening here, and I think that there is somebody, or maybe it's a couple of people, and, you know, Kevin Saul is narrowing it down. I don't know. But there's somebody that's got to be in his mind right now that he's working towards regardless of what happens to the players that are currently on the roster. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. This is obviously developing story. It is going to be uh, a fast and furious probably three weeks or so because I, I do think the tournament will end before we get it because there's got to be names or at least, you know, maybe there's a name still in the tournament that conversations have been know. had with agents and stuff. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I don't know. It's going to be wild. not coaching right now. It's not in the tournament. That's a big Why game. Why is he not coaching? Just... Why is he not coaching? That's well, what I want to know. He was super burned out at Maryland. Super Why, burned but, out. At yeah, Maryland. but that doesn't like inspire confidence in me that he's not going to be super burned out three but months don't you later. Think a, but don't you think a homecoming to the place that I don't you know? know. He's a, he's, he's I have from no idea. Here. I don't know. I have no. I I don't know the answer to that, and that's what makes if me. If you're going to try to get that. a coach that is currently coaching or going to be coaching in the NCAA tournament or even the NIT, don't you wait? Until they're done coaching to make a change well, yes. with Isaac Brown. Oh, and I don't interview know. the players on the way out and all of that. I think you wait a little while. Unless, I wish I knew the conversations with the donors because that may have given you enough confidence to not wait, too. I, I, there are two possible scenarios there. I don't think it's black and white. It, it's one or the other, I think, but we'll see. 869-1240, we can jump back into that. I know people want to react to it. We're going to move on to the NCAA tournament for a little bit here in the second hour. The Kansas screw job. What happened here? We're going to talk about it next on Sports Daily. You're home for Bob and Tom Mornings and great sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.